Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Dip Show, the Desert Island Pick Show. I'm your host, Thomas Martin, and we have episode two coming at you with guest Julian Valdez. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit uh, about a little show update before we get started. Uh, first things first, I wanted to say and express my really, really deep support uh, for everyone that has listened to the show, has uh, uh, you know tuned in, downloaded it, uh, followed it, whatever. It, it means a lot. Um, I checked our analytics, and so far, we're, we're almost at 25 listeners. And, and, and the first episode's only been up about two days. That is extraordinary. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say that, that they loved it, that, that, that it was a great show, that they were excited for the next one, et cetera. That has meant the world to me. Um, I kind of just wanted to do this on a whim um, as a hobby and for so many people to kind of reach out and say that they enjoyed it and that it you know, was something that, that they had fun with just means everything. So I'm very, very um, excited to kind of keep bringing you guys good content. Um, and, you know, thank you guys again for the support. Um, please let me know in the future comments, concerns, you know, critiques, suggestions, seriously, any and all of it, I would, I would gladly appreciate, um, you know, DM me on Instagram. If you can find my email, email me, all that good stuff. Um, I also want to talk about kind of the plans for the future of the show. So a lot of different things. Um, first off, today's episode is going to be um, recorded over Zoom. So you may, uh, you know, notice a little bit of an audio difference, as well as maybe a few pauses for, you know, Zoom difficulties. But um, going forward, it's going to be a mix of in-person shows and Zoom interviews. Um, in the world of COVID, as well as being uh, friends with so many people that are kind of spread over the state and the country, um, I'm going to have some people that I can't have in person just yet. As I, wanted, I still want to interview them for y'all, um, but they're going to be virtual. So I'd say about every other episode will be virtual, and then the, the other one will be in person, just depending. Um, expect some more guest episodes in the future as well, some, some double guest episodes um, where it's more than one. Um, also, I'm going to be tweaking the audio going forward. So you may notice a little bitty slight audio difference here and there. I'm going to be playing around with some settings, trying to get the, the quality as best I can for y'all. Um, same thing with volume. Um, I have heard some of the feedback. I have some feedback myself that I talk a little too fast. I guess that's the uh, kind of the curse of being a tour guide and former debater. Uh, I, I promise you guys, I'm going to try my best to kind of make it as clear and concise as possible um, and, and you know, further improve as the show goes on. Um, one thing as well, I'm going to try to, as the show goes on, add some, some just kind of quality of life updates to make it a better experience for y'all. Things like timestamps, um, some music in terms of intros and outros, possibly even transition music. Um, that will all come in time. Um, and, you know, hopefully if I can get some really cool ideas flowing or some, some, some fan suggestions, we can really, really make the show special. Um, one thing I also want to throw out there is we are now on more platforms. So as of today, um, it is Monday, the 22nd of March. We are on Spotify. We are on Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. So I'm still waiting on Apple to approve the show. Once it is approved, um, episodes should go up there pretty much the same day as everywhere else. And it, there shouldn't be a long wait or anything. Um, but I will update on my Instagram and stuff like that once Apple is live. But so far, we are on about six platforms, which is really awesome. So um, if you have any suggestions for other platforms, please let me know. I can go in there and add them to some platforms. Um, but we are on six now. So, you know, shout out for that. I'm going to add a link tree to my Instagram soon that will have further links for these. So if you normally listen on Spotify, but you want to listen to it on a different app um, and you haven't seen that link yet, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I will send you that link. I'm going to try to get it up there as soon as possible. Um, also, I'm not 100% sure the schedule of the show just yet. So please hang tight on that. Uh, I'm going to try to do a weekly schedule, but I am a college student. Um, final season is approaching and then the summer will, will, will be upon us. Um, so hopefully I'm going to shoot for a week schedule, uh, an episode every week, uh, most likely on Fridays of every week. But by next episode, I will have that nailed down 
and I will let, let all of y'all know exactly how the episodes are going to be in terms of scheduling. Um, and one last thing, just general warning that I'm going to say every single episode, you know, this is an amateur endeavor. It's going to be a little loud sometimes. It's going to be a little stuttery. It's going to be a little um, uh, explicit sometimes. So just hang on with me. I'm excited for you guys to be listening. I thank you for listening. Um, and I want to throw it over to, to, to our guest, Julian Valdez, one of my, I would say one of my best friends from all the way back in third grade, lifelong friend, a brother to me. Um, how are you doing, Julian? I am good and pretty ready to kind of get started on uh, this kind of podcast. And I told you, this kind of feels like it fits me with how much we've just talked about these kind of things, but also uh, just how much I've studied just like I'm a philosophy major, so I, I've gotten to a lot about like art, philosophy, and aesthetics. And it feels like this is kind of just something to kind of gush about for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Julie and I have talked about, I would say, every piece of media we've consumed since we were in third grade, like we are going to talk about it today. Um, Julian is probably one of the one of the people I know that, I'd probably say the person I know, that can analyze media the deepest and in the most fascinating ways. So I am so, so, so excited to have him on the show. Um, I'm curious what some of your picks are going to be. I'm curious what some of your um, reasonings are going to be. So it's up to you, man. How do you want to start the show? What what piece of media do you want to start with? I feel like I'll start with something that we're probably going to be talking more about with our future podcast, but video games. Um, this one was interesting because uh, I really, with all the picks, I tried really hard to be like, it's not my favorite piece of media, but it's something that I could go in and again and again and enjoy it. So it's not like the most artistic piece of media if with edge category. It's just something that I know I will be able to go back and play it again and again and again. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, for this one, I I picked a really recent game. Okay. Uh, I picked the the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. Ooh. Uh, it's it's mainly just um I, I was going to go, go with the original one, the, the 2018 version, but uh, I feel like this one's a little bit more better in the sense that it's it just feels more stylized and fun, where um, the combat, like, it has more interesting mechanics with obviously Miles having different powers, and also his web swinging is a lot more fun because it's not as simple as just, like, you're swinging and then, like, letting go, and then the most exciting things are, like, the web zips and the... the you can... Uh, what you do is uh, direct webs up to an area, like a specific point, and then yep. jump off of it to do more uh, horizontal uh, travel rather than using the swinging, which is much more, it's harder to go straight in a line yeah. with the swinging. Um, but with this one, I just, it they have like really interesting mechanics with the swinging, because the first time I played it, I noticed it instantly, because I, I, I probably played the last, uh, the 2018 Spider-Man, uh, probably run like four or five times, like completely. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it's like one of these where I was like, I know I can play this game a lot. So that's why I was like thinking about it. Um, but I think the, the the swinging in this game is a lot more interesting, which is, it's honestly one of the main reasons I'm picking this this choice is the swinging's really just fun and fluid. So yeah. the the new mechanic in this one is doing tricks because, you know, the memes yeah. about... yeah. Miles being <laughs> having the exaggerated swagger of a black teen, yeah. uh, which is a meme for those that are listening that don't know and are thinking, "What the hell is he talking about?" Um, a very kind of just, I guess, cringy. You you YouTube 
reviewer uh, had a mm. review about it and said that every every time that Miles uh, swings off a building, uh, he's filled with the exaggerated swagger of a black teen, whatever the hell that means. Um, of course, there's some pretty heavy, heavy, cringy uh, racial over uh, undertones in that. But uh, and, yeah, I, I, I know think what that, that trooper is is black too. So oh it's really? Not like it's a, it's See, I like always a, saw the meme as if it was like some like woke like reviewer. No, no, it's just a, it's just the reviewer. I guess thought it was a thing he could put in because he himself yeah. was black, but it's still like cringy. Yeah, when you hear, um, I mean, when you hear it as an audio, because that's how I heard it. Wow. Okay, interesting. But yeah, I wanted so, to mention something. Um, first yeah. off, totally dropped the ball. Um, for any new listeners, and I don't know why you would start with episode two instead of episode one, so maybe I shouldn't be that that upset at myself. But the premise here is if you are stuck on a desert island yeah. and you're there indefinitely and you can bring one piece of media, a video game, a book, a movie, an album, and um, I am missing one, and a TV series, what would you bring? That's the premise. Totally dropped the ball on that, Julian. Sorry, I, I, I totally forgot to say that. Um, also, <laughs> one thing I want to say is I am really shocked. I really thought you were going to pick – either Assassin's Creed Origins or Assassin's Creed uh, Black Flag or even two. Um, um, I know Julian personally as a mega Assassin's Creed fan and actually hint, hint, tease here. Uh, Julian and I have been working on kind of the pre-production on a podcast that will hopefully go up in about a month or so, I'd say, give or take, that is going to be very, very, very nerdy, very, very long form um, diving into video game series. On the first season, which is going to be three episodes, spread about a month apart, is going to be going over um, the Assassin's Creed video game series, the Halo video game series, and the Last of Us video game series. And Julian will be, well, Julian has already pretty much played through all the Assassin's Creed games. I've played through and I'm going to continue to play through all the Halo games. And then we're both going to play through the, the main two Last of Us games. And then in each episode, we're going to kind of break them down. We're going to rank them. We're going to talk about our favorite moments, favorite characters, etc. Um, with the, the guest or the host that hasn't played that game series kind of coming in as an outsider's perspective. So keep an eye out for that. Um, that's why I'm actually pretty shocked is that I know you love Assassin's Creed. Um, and so I'm kind of curious, why not one of those? What, to me, Miles Morales seems like I've always heard it's kind of, you know, Spider-Man DLC with a little bit extra to make it not DLC. So that's the thing. It's like um, I was the prompt is really what um, makes me switch between them. Because, again, it's like I'm not saying which one's the, the better game, but it's just what is the one I can see myself playing the most? And honestly, with the, the Miles Morales Spider-Man game, it just feels like it's an updated version of all the, I would say the, the limits the first game has, where it's like, yeah. it's fun, but like, obviously they could have done better. It's what the, the DLC does. They made the swinging more um, stylized and just yeah. fun. And so like I, I was going to explain is you can do tricks when you're swinging, but the cool thing is when you're doing a trick and then you start, like you shoot out a web, you swing differently it's like uh yeah. so you can kind of pick out from there like how you want to swing and so it's just one of the things that i'm kind of really into mechanics with games where it's like they're cinematic but also with a level of expertise you can kind of make it even more like yeah intense. even better yeah well so i mean i'll like, say this like i haven't played played miles morales i've played probably 20 percent, 15 percent of the uh original uh sony spider-man or you know, PS4 Spider-Man, um, yeah. and the best part of the game was absolutely swinging and w- web crawling and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I haven't even done probably probably even two or three missions in the game, but I collected all the collectibles because I just was swinging around already. You know what I mean? So I'm very curious to now. I'm gonna go watch it after this ep- uh, after this uh, interview. I'm gonna go watch some of that web swing on Miles Morales because to me, the web swing in one definitely was basic, but it was so addictive. 
that I'm kind of curious how they make it even better. Yeah, so it's it's just more of a, I don't know, because that's what I'm thinking of. It's just the, the mechanics in the game are more fun to go through again and again. And um, also to the Assassin's Creed games, they're not as, I can't play them again and again. I can play through them every once in a while. Like, again, I do have my playthroughs of all the games every once in a while. But with the other games, like the Spider-Man games, I can just, because the mechanics are so simple, I don't even have to pay attention to the story, which I do like the story, but it's just, I'm thinking of it in the aspect of like, this is a video game, so when I'm playing it, I'm yeah. going to focus on this aspect. Absolutely. Compared to like, when you're watching a movie and like these other things that we'll talk about later, but the game portion, I can be immersed in it. I can do these things, but also I just want to have fun playing it. Because um, I, did, I did watch the previous episode with the Red Dead Redemption pick, and I feel like for that one, it would be too much after a while. Like it's yeah, fun and you could, that, yeah. probably, you could do a lot, but um, I don't know. I feel like with the my picks on here, my, my art picks are not going to be too... Uh, I do like a good thing with that, but if it's going to be the only thing I have, it's it's not going to be intense. It's going to yeah, be a little I understand. Bit more fun. Well, yeah, it's like I mean, I I am a massive Fallout fan. It's one of my favorite series. I really don't know if I could have that on my desert island, um, because that game world is just so oppressive and so kind of insane that I feel like it would be a little much. You know what I mean? So I understand what you're saying about just being kind of too intense and too much sometimes as well. Yeah, and I I, I also just like it's. Spider-Man's a big character for me, so I guess that's why it also pulls into it. Um, I, because I'll talk about like playing the game. Yeah. Um, with especially with the original one, it, it's like I started it freshman semester, like my first semester in college. Yep. It came out like a month after school started, basically. It was really early on, and um, it quickly became like that game I would just play whenever I was just like bored or like I'd finish work early. I'd go back to my dorm and just boot it up, and. Um, I don't know, it just became like a more feel-good game. Like it's you know, you just swing around and just high crime and yeah. there's nothing complicated yeah. about that. But comfort, it's just like comfort food gaming, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just one of those things of there, there's more into it. Like again, there's the story, and I think the story's pretty good. It's all about Miles like falling into like what is it to be a hero, especially when there's like another Spider-Man. What does that mean for you? Like how do you do you how do you define yourself when there's another exact version of you no, <laughs> in, the, in the world? Yeah. So it's, it's, there's just like more, I don't know, I like art that's like also just simple, but also if you want to go more into it, there's a little bit more deep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I, that's a great pick. I mean, I, I honestly, when you said it, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. I guess, you know, and then the more you talk about it, I, I understand that, especially for you knowing your love of Spider-Man and the whole mythos behind him and, and the kind of branching stories. I, I get it. You know, I totally get it. And that, that idea of comfort food gaming, um, there's so many games that I could pick that are just like, not for Desert Island, that are just comfort food games that honestly are not the best, like critically, but are just so much like memories and relaxing and just kind of chilling out to them, you know? Yeah. And so that's, I think that's the biggest thing with the, the video game pick. It's just, it's nothing too complicated. You know, it's like, I'm not going to pick like what's currently my like favorite game, like Last of Us 2. I'm not going to pick that. I'm not going yeah. to. Oh <laughs> gosh. Talk about an intense <laughs> game for a... Uh... <laughs> For the Desert Island pick, that would be oh man, I don't know if I could do that at all. I don't, I don't do know. Do I, I even want that. to go back to civilization yeah. after playing this game? I don't know if I could play that once through on a Desert Island. That would be a little much. So yeah, but. it was just um, and I feel like with Assassin's Creed again, just like I feel like that would be another pick. Maybe I could bring multiple games, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It it doesn't feel like a game I could just go in and play randomly as much anymore. Yeah, like, I get it. Yeah, I totally yeah. get that. 
Oh, well, I, I want to say, um, you know, I, I'd say that, do you think this is just kind of in talking about the game for a second? Do you think that, that the, I know there's a Spider-Man two in development. Um, mm. I mean, it's not, I don't know if it's officially confirmed, but I mean, come on, you yeah. know, do you it's think just, it's gonna, it's gonna be more of a favorite for you? Like then, then Miles Morales, do you think it's gonna like surpass it? I think that's the thing is I feel like any current version of what's probably going to be, because I won't say it for sure until I see it, but I think they could go really well with it because this was just yeah. a little DLC and I feel like they... Yeah, absolutely. Because they already have the base them. So all of it is, is just the story, but also the gameplay, which is already... They had a really good base. That was the, the big thing. And so it's just improving on that. So like the combat, especially for most Morales, just got a little bit better because his big thing is his Venom powers. And it feels like most of the time, people like most forms of Miles Morales doesn't really go into that. But I liked in this one, because again, I've read all, I've basically read all of the Miles comics. So I, I know everything about the character and pretty much everything he's been in, but they never really go to like, because back back when he first started, people just kind of were like, he, it's a uh, easy way out of fights basically, because he would just touch someone's shoulder and then it would basically just shock them enough to just yeah. like, they'd be out for the fight but there's like a lot of crazy stuff like he's crazy powerful especially they do show you the uh the kind of venom explosion like blast thing that yeah. doesn't really i don't think i've ever seen it really uh but it's basically like him his body just as a last resort it will just it shoot out a bunch of electricity but it like kind of puts him out for a bit because yeah. it's really heavy on his body but it was just these kind of things where like I, i've never really seen them in any of the other forms where i just like since I know about the comics, also. this is also why I liked it. I feel yeah, like no, that's awesome. I mean, a game that can kind of expand on the source material in a really meaningfully awesome way is kind of rare. I feel like, and I mean, I've seen it occasionally. Like, I mean, I've told you off the air. I've recently kind of dove into the Mad Max universe, and that game, while not actually connected to the to the the film universe, builds on kind of the mythos and like the lore of it so well. And I love it because I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I, I never would have seen that before in like the movie or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, I also feel like Miles, in a way, it kind of, I, I feel like I, I just like the character more than at the theater at this point, because I think the difference is with Miles, I've been reading Miles since it's been 10, I think it's been like over 10 years at this point. Yeah. But I've been reading his comics since he first came out. And I remember like the huge fallout that happened because it's like we were replacing yeah, Peter Parker yeah. with this like black Latino teen. Yeah. Like that's, at that time it was crazy, but it's, I think Miles slowly has gotten some favor into like the, the audience. Oh, I'd say, I, he's, I'd say he's definitely, I mean, I don't know. I, I would almost say from a very outsider perspective who likes Marvel and likes comics and likes the movies, but is not that into it, especially Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I would say he may be the, I mean, the new favorite. I mean, Peter in the MCU is pretty high up there, but into the Spider-Verse, I think did more for, for Spider-Man as like a brand than the entire Amazing Spider-Man trilogy or, 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 or two films. You know what I mean? It's, it's mainly because he's a new character and people like new takes on things. And yeah, I mean, well, Spider-Man we've had three always... Peter Parkers in what, a decade, two decades? Like, Yeah, it, it's it's also always Peter Parker. It's never anyone else. Yeah. Um, and I think Miles is the first time, they. It's it was one of the first time they tried to do legacy characters, uh, kind of like when they do like, female thor and like yeah yeah they're like a female iron man for a bit yeah, iron iron Heart, right yeah iron Heart, yeah. yeah but um i think miles is the, the big one because um it, it was much more personal and i think that's the biggest thing with his character it was like uh 
someone kind of like in the comments it's much more like guilt because he didn't want the powers and so yeah. he didn't help peter so it's like it's kind of like you kind of see similarities and yeah it feels more truthful and it, it's not like miles is they try to do it a bit in the beginning but it's like he's really not like peter he's just a kid yeah and um so i don't know I just those are like all the reasons for no that's picking that, that's a great pick man um do you want to move on to the uh the next one what, what do you want to do next album movie book i think i i, I want to do movie because movie was really weird i okay have favorite movies but i did not know what to pick for like this kind of like prompt because i don't know movies are something that i really don't just sit down and watch for fun it's always like in a perspective of like i want it and take this away Except for Marvel movies, but I was like, I don't want to pick a Marvel movie. Yeah, and it's hard to do. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it would be hard to pick one that is connected to the other universe because then you're frustrated on this desert island that you don't have the rest of the universe. I can't imagine watching like an Infinity War or a Winter Soldier and then being like, oh man, I can't watch any of the other films, you know? Yeah, you can't watch like any of the past or future. So I picked something that was like more from my childhood and yeah. more of something that just felt more personal. And so I, um, I ended up picking like Lilo and Stitch. It was like the, Ooh. so that was like the the big surprise because I was like I was like writing everything down. I was like, oh, this is easy. And I got to move in. I was like, I got, I didn't know for like probably till today. I was like, yeah. what is what am I gonna pick? That's awesome. It, it was yeah. yeah, it was a lot of different choices, and it was just like no, I think this one will probably be it because, um, it's just something more personal as a kid. I I remember I really loved the movie growing up. Uh, just, I, I I do remember going watching in theaters. It's like one of those weird things. Like I had a really really early memory of just yeah sitting in, in a theater and watching it. Not That's like awesome, a lot more man. than that. That's so but cool. Just, <laughs> but I just remember that. Yeah. Um, and I also remember when it came out on um, first just released on uh, home media. Uh, I remember I got woken up by my mom in the morning and she like. I remember she was like getting me breakfast and then she pulled it out of the cabinet and it's like look oh, what I got. Yeah, that's so cool. So then I got to watch it um, in the living room that morning. So it was just, I don't know, it was just like growing up, that's been my favorite Disney movie. Yeah. Because um, as much as like, I like, you know, everyone's like Toy Story and all these other ones, it just seems like something that I just gravitated towards a lot growing up. And um, I don't know, I just, it's much more of a a personal movie for me uh, growing up. And I don't know, I like growing up and looking back, why I liked it so much is I think I just, like Stitch a lot because of the idea of growing up uh being a kid and like you I don't know I was just a kid who had a lot of anger issues growing up and that's like more personal thing yeah. but it's just I kind of grew out of it and then kind of seeing like a character who kind of goes through that where it's like it they just want to destroy things yeah and then eventually having to pull out of that and like family and like finding others and that's what you really want's connection I don't know it's just it's just one of those movies that still hits me because it's yeah. like like damn that 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 is a pretty deep message for like a kid's movie yeah yeah well i mean it's, it's a god it's a great movie and like the whole I mean, what was that early 2000s that it came out so it's like yeah. this whole idea of like you know her family's broken like her family is, is badly broken and they just they don't shy away from it like like they show how yeah. hard it is and then they show like her older sister like working to like so, like yeah. provide for the family and yet she's still so willing to like kind of help take care of stitch and like try and like you know give him a home it, it, i don't know it's a beautiful movie i love that movie yeah and it, it also just the more you look it's, it's just one of those things like you grow up and you look more into it and you're like they added in a lot of stuff that isn't like very typical like a kid's movie. it's much more like real yeah, like absolutely. about like dealing 
like with a, a sister trying to make sure that her younger sister doesn't get taken away because it's well, like cause, their family. Yeah. Cause how many, how many Disney movies or kids movies have this trope of, Oh, they lost their parents or they lost one of their parents, but everything's fine. There's no worry about it. This is yeah. no, her parents are gone and she may be taken into, into child services. That's a huge, huge yeah. deal, you know? Yeah. And it's also like, I, I remember reading that they wanted to add in more like of the, uh, there's uh, the perspective of like being a native in Hawaii and you kind of just are used to these like white people being all over and like kind of just like mistreating you even though you're from there. And yeah, I know it just kind of ties into the idea of like a lot of natives yeah, still I mean, go through I mean, a lot of personal trouble. You know, I, I, I said before, I don't want to get too political on the show, but like, man, if you yourself who's listening right now do not know kind of the history of Hawaii in the United States, it, it sucks. You know, it's, it's a very, very like depressing kind of plight. Um, I think one of the most just horrible screw ups that America's I think had, especially in terms of, you know, we, you know, of course, you know, again, I don't want to get too political, but you know, horrible tragedies or horrible things we've done as a nation. Yeah. 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 This though kind of is unique in the way that so much of Hawaiian culture is still kind of there and preserved, but we gloss over some of these very important details about how it became a state, how it kind of fits into modern America. Um, but I think the movie is, kind of a kind of a gem because you know hawaii i think the, the one thing that stood out to me as a kid was hawaii and a lot of other media is seen as this like basically just one big like vacation resort and this wasn't that it was like kind of making fun of that and being like no like people live in hawaii like it's not just a you know resort yeah and it's a lot of um they do try to connect in a lot of like uh just like their culture and like kind of again the main concept of like you know family is very important to them yeah. and it, it's very obvious like it's because of how they're raised and so the reason why they don't like get separated and um I don't know it's just one of those things like I the more I thought of it, it's like I watched it so many times and I can watch it again and again and I don't know it's just again when I want to watch a movie I don't because the thing is like I have favorite movies but they're all pretty depressing so it's like yeah. I don't want something like completely dark yeah um another another like one of my favorite directors is Alejandro Gonzalez in yeah the the Mexican director who he made the revenant and also uh what's the uh so, so the he made this both sicarios right no <laughs> oh no he didn't no it, it's he made the uh, one with Michael Keaton um where he's like oh uh, Birdman 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 yeah and uh he made that in the revenant and some other uh films that I like uh I showed you one of them. It's Amortis. Yeah. yeah. And then also another one I recently watched was Beautiful, which is um, about a man who recently finds out that he's like prostate cancer. And he basically has like a couple months to get everything settled down with his family. Oh, man. Uh, and it's like really depressing because it's like he's obviously not like rich or anything. So he has to like try to get a lot of money. But also like his wife and like his kid's mother is like very obviously like a drug addict and she's like uh, a prostitute. And like these other things that are just like you just see everything happening in it and yeah. it's just really like a very depressing movie but it does end with a little bit of hope but it's just one of those like i, I don't think that's something we want to pick yeah. for like a like watch yeah, over to watch and over again. yeah and I so mean, I, I, mean, the I, revenant, I the revenant the revenant i i just seen that i don't know if i told you that we had a blizzard here and we have we had a blizzard in texas pretty much all over and uh i was watching it with, with lily lily and i were kind of like hunkered down for the the storm and we watched it the night before we lost power. <laughs> and like the next, you know, four or five days of no power, no water, 
man, I was like, I, I kind of a little bit more understand what he was feeling like in that movie because it's just so agonizing and so kind of harsh. Um, but it was a beautiful movie. I mean, want to talk about beauty in cinema. I mean, that's a whole other show. But like, man, I mean, that movie, The Revenant especially, was crazy. But, but, but Lilo and Stitch, though, to get, back, to, get back, to get back to your pick, would be interesting too as well for um an island for an island pick you know (laughs) it's literally just a movie that takes place on an island so i guess that would be a good pick too for that reason yeah Um, absolutely but yeah i think those are like my main reasons for like picking that it's just for the nostalgia and also like i feel like it's just something that not streaming like i can just watch it again and again yeah i'll enjoy it well that's a great pick man uh what do you want to move on to next I think next I'll go for uh, what I picked for show. And um, perfect. Yeah. And I think for me, I, I picked something that's not like a TV show, but it's like an anime. So it's like, Ooh, I'm curious. More of a show. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you see it in my room, My Hero Academia. I feel like that's a, a good pick for me. Um, also, because I was thinking about it, and I remember someone else was talking about, like, uh, I think it was Callie brought up. Uh, I forgot what, there was like a crime show that's still not done yet. Oh, so oh like Law and Order. Yeah, Law and Order. Yeah, you. so she's going to keep on getting more episodes. Yeah. This show technically isn't done. Um, I mean, I, I read the manga too. and The recent chapter that just came out like uh, yesterday, just it kind of ended on the note of like, we're getting into the final act. So I'm like, yeah. oh, it's getting close. But the show's still pretty behind for the manga. Yeah. So, it's like, uh, so it's like, I also get like, all the, the, the shows, I guess, the seasons. Because well, I, 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 I know I know anime usually has a ton of seasons. It depends. It depends. Um, this one is one of the few shows because back then in the 2000s, they would have a constant run of shows. So every week you would have a new episode no matter what. Yeah. And that's why fillers became a thing was because sometimes they would run out of like material from the manga. So they had to come up with something to show yeah. because <laughs> I mean, they could yeah. show it every week. But um, My, Academ- My Hero Academia has like seasons. It's about to start their fifth season. Um, I think uh, this weekend is when okay. they, they start it. Yeah. But it's just going to be a recap episode this weekend. They usually start that off with the, every first episode of the season. Yeah. So it's, next week is probably when they're going to start the actual show. And based on what people are like theorizing, it feels like the manga just caught up to what would be season the end of season six. And they think like the, the the author of the book is really into Western culture. So he loves Star Wars and Marvel comics. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like, if you read, like, if you watch the, I was going to tell you, like, I think you should watch the show, but there's a lot of Star Wars um, references in, oh, man. in the show. And so what people will theorize is the show is like, in different, like each like act is like the, one of the movies in the original trilogy. So like you had the oh, new hope, really you had cool. the yeah. Empire Circus back, and then you have uh, the Return of Jedi, which is, we think we're in the Return of the Jedi section. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you also read the manga, you know, it kind of feels the same way yeah. with how the story is set up. Well, I mean, um, George Lucas, when he made those three movies, genius way to set up a trilogy, no matter what you're yeah. doing, because it's so cliche, but like, you know, A New Hope is such a good, like, oh, cool, we're at, we're at a good start. Five is so kind of depressing and like no hope. And then Return of the Jedi is just a perfect kind of climax movie, you know? Yeah, but this show, I've I've, I've been watching it since it first came out. The manga has been going on, I think, since 2014 or 2013. I'm okay, not too yeah. sure on that. But I think the anime started 2016. I watched it that summer, around when the first season ended. So I, I was pretty much there since the beginning. And um, it's very heavy inspired by, like, 
Marvel like comics and so, the, so, the, I, I don't actually know what is it about like what's the main kind of plot okay so it's kind of is like x-men in the way where it's like everyone basically human society has there's like a mutation that has occurred where people now are getting like quirks which are like specific powers but quirks don't mean like anything crazy it's just like uh the first person who had a quirk just had their skin light up so it's like it, it can be anything okay yeah but with with these new powers coming up well then obviously you're going to have uh people wanting to use them so people are going to first use them for like evil to like yeah. rob and steal things so then you had people come in it's really interesting because in the manga they kind of show it where it's like silhouettes and it's like and then like vigilantes and heroes showed up and it's like uh, wolverine and spider-man and like <laughs> yeah and it's like like you know kind of like hinting like that's kind of like the beginning yeah but there's like more in the future so about 80 percent of the population has powers wow uh, wow so it's like majority of the people that's a lot different than like an x-men where it's like 10 percent of the population five percent yeah no this is like majority of people have some form of power and yeah. it's kind of like in a society where being a hero is more of like a government job yeah so you go uh, you have to go to school for it and you have to go training and that's everything fascinating i i'll be honest with you i did not know that I kind of assumed from some of the art I had seen or whatever, it was just kind of another yeah. like, kind of like contemporary show about like, you know, you know, a, a, a group of school kids or something like that. I really did not know. Wow. No, like my academia is all about like, they're going to like basically what is considered like the best school in, um, in all of Japan. Yeah. And it's where the uh, number one hero in Japan, All Might, which is a very big, like, it's basically a huge Superman reference because yeah. it's someone who's just like super muscular and big has super strength, super speed, and all these things. Not exactly all the powers, but just, like, really strong and fast. Yeah. And super muscular, so it's, like, you know, that kind of thing. And he's just kind of seen as, like, the number one hero. Or like, they have rankings and stuff. And um, and it's just really interesting because then you follow a kid. His name is Deku. And he's kind of just a quirkless boy. And he wants to be the number one hero. And his, his favorite hero is obviously All Might. And um, it's kind of following that journey. And there's, like, a lot of twists and turns. And uh i remember i went into it not really knowing more than that and i think that's probably a good way to go into it because yeah. you get surprised by like even within the first couple episodes you're completely surprised what the route it takes but yeah. um i guess like a, a small spoiler is um he meets all might yeah. and uh he's like oh like he sees that uh they meet during like an attack he gets attacked by a villain and he's like oh he gets saved by him and of course, that who's really obsessed with him, he wants to ask him like a question. He's like, "Can I be a hero without quirks?" And um, while he's like almost trying to like jump off and go away, he like clings onto him, and they get to like a rooftop because he's like, "Yeah, really high up in the sky." And he, obviously, the kid can't handle that, and um, and it just turns into this thing of like, he's like, "No, you can't," because obviously you're quirkless. That's impossible. Yeah. There, there was going to be a, a time where it's going to be kind of like a Batman type thing where he just yeah. uses gadgets and stuff. There are people in, in the school who are basically going there to develop gadgets for heroes, but um, he, they, there's another attack, and you learn from All Might that he can't be super strong all the time. He's super, actually super scrawny. He goes back to small size. Oh wow! And he's like, I because of a villain attack, I can't use my powers more than three hours every day. Yeah. And so, but there's another attack, and he's already low, so he's like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but also, they're like going away, and they walk their separate paths because over but um there's another villain attack and Deku and All Might are there and Deku sees it's one of his classmates there and so he runs into it like even though he knows it's it's just like he has this like thing of like oh I have to go save them because they yeah it's like here asking kind of morality yeah 
Yeah. And so like All Might sees that and he kind of pushes himself to get like one ounce of strength to stop the villain. Uh, but then he's like, I got to tell you this, I can actually transfer like my power to someone else. And he does it. So like, he's like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you, to Deku, because he's like, you have the heart, but you just obviously don't have the power. He gets more into it. It's it's not a simple thing of like, he gets the powers and then all yeah, of a sudden he's yeah, like, it never is, like, right? It never is. No, but it's, there's, but it's just really interesting the route it goes in. It's like, it is one of those things where it's like you watch someone kind of get better and better over time. And there are complaints about the main character because he is kind of like a wimp. But like obviously he's because he's he's not strong, so he's not used to it, but he kind of grows into it. And with the manga ends up, it's crazy. So I, I think it's just one of those things that I can rewatch it the entire time. It's, it's kind of, it got me back into comic books. Yeah. Um, like more, like I didn't really read comics for like a while, but then I got into that and I immediately just was like, I'm going to look up yeah to read comics and just start reading them again so uh, actually i want to start right there so for the tv pick okay that's a great pick i'm very curious yeah. about that and i think that's an interesting pick do you want to go now to to comics so for, for for all the listeners um for the first episode uh callie and i were talking on her book pick and ended up kind of going off on a tangent about comic books and i think i'm going to make this kind of a random sometimes sometimes not recurring segment where if the guest is in the comics, I want to talk to them about it and see what their Desert Island pick for comics would be. If they're not into comics, no big deal. We just won't kind of talk about it. So, but I know, I know you're into comics. Julian and I both uh, have talked about these a million times. I think you're a little bit more into them than I am. You read them a lot more digitally, correct? Yeah, I read them mostly digitally. Uh, I, I've read some of the, the classics uh, stuff, but not all yeah. of them. Uh, I've, I remember before Infinity War, I was like, I'm going to have to read it for yeah. So I read through that, but most of the stuff I read is mainly Spider-Man comics, maybe some Avengers stuff here and there. That's yeah. So, so what is your Desert Island pick for comics? This one was also very easy. It's the the series that I do constantly read, actually, like again and again, as more of a, a comfort read for comics. It's the Ultimate Spider-Man run. So you've uh, heard a lot about that. I've heard a lot yeah. of good things about it. So I think the best thing about this, it's something that has like a definite end because the Ultimate Universe is no more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, from what I've seen, it's, it's kind of exists still. I, I remember Marvel was very adamant that it doesn't exist anymore, that they didn't want to touch it anymore. But um, uh, Michael Bendis, he's like, Brian Michael Bendis, he was like the, the one who first started the Ultimate Universe was Ultimate Spider-Man. He kind of ended like uh, his last like Miles Morales comic with like the idea like there is another uh, Ultimate Universe with Spider-Man still there and that kind of yeah. thing. So, that's a whole other thing that I have no idea about, but the ultimate original ultimate series, it kind of started off in like the 2000s as like a way to kind of reboot uh, Spider-Man again, because yeah. they were just like, Spider-Man's really old. There's like so many different comics you have to read to get caught up to like the canon. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I want to talk about it for a second, because um, yeah. you're one of the few guests I think I'm really going to get to talk about comics with, yeah. at least for the, for the foreseeable future. I was just listening to to another podcast about this. It was a comic book podcast about how comic books and you and me have, have faced this before. It's so hard to get into because some of these are on issue number 692, issue number 1005, you know? Like I think uh, Action Comics is the one that they just keep going because it's so old school. And it's yeah. like, that's really hard to get into. You know, reboots are necessary. And I think a lot of the best comics now have been reboots. Like one of my favorite comics of all time, not my favorite, but one of my favorites is, is, is the little, uh, the main graphic novel for Dark Knight Returns, which was mm -hmm. the first time we ever really saw this super gritty Batman and kind of Batman versus Superman even being a thing. And to me, that gets new people into it. And so 
was that what was that what this was for you it was like oh this is a new take on spider-man kind of thing it, it kind of is it's much more of like they basically are just like what if spider-man just kind of because spider-man is kind of very reeked into the 60s with his origin but what if we just take it and just start it all over again just 2000 2000s so they they kind of updated the origin in a lot of ways it's not like radiation that gets the spider to like when it bites him it doesn't like give him the power it's genetic mutation. They're much more like scientific in the way that, especially in the 2000s, we were very into like, oh, we can clone things, we can mess with DNA. Like we're, we're getting into that like area in science where yeah. 60s was all about nuclear stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's just that. And also it's just, it deals with more, I don't know, just more modern issues. And it kind of, <laughs> it also only, the entire series, it's like 160 issues. When it takes over like a year and like a couple months after he gets to be Spider-Man, like it's not. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, it's all. It just takes place within a year, and and it's it's just one of those things of like it kind of just highlights what I think is probably the best about Spider-Man and all these other things. And I feel like with the regular series, they they have like a lot of hold over it because of like the main character. You can't. They don't want to do too much to Spider-Man. I mean, even the two thousands, they like. They're trying to change it up. They got him to break up with MJ. And I remember that yeah, was, that's, remember that's one that. of the biggest things people got upset with the Spider-Man 2000s. But, um, yeah, yeah so just ultimate. Yeah, that's a great pick, man. Um, um, I've, I've had that kind of on one of my endless long lists of comics I need to read <laughs> kind of thing. Um, that, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's a great pick. And I think also that's like, awesome. oh yeah, go ahead. As I say, it actually connects back to the show because actually I read Ultimate Spider-Man after watching My Hero. yeah. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, it makes sense that we went back to back for that because like, yeah, you know, they, they actually connect in that way. Well, I mean, I think like for a desert island pick, when I think of just heroes, like who I would want to read, right, on a desert island, kind of over and over, there are characters that I love. Like Captain America is probably one of my favorite Marvel characters. I would not want to read him over and over. You know what I mean? But Spider Man and I'd say maybe Batman are like the two that I would really want to dig into over and over and over and over. You know, rather than you know some of the more one dimensional kind of characters. Yeah, it, it, it just, uh, it's just one of the things, like, it's just a kid trying to do his best. And and, and even, I think one of the best things about the series is, uh, I think with Spider-Man a lot, they try to highlight, like, in the Marvel Universe, he's not, like, because everyone has the, obviously, Captain America seen as, like, the, the big hero who's more uh, morally righteous and yeah. all these things. But they really highlight, especially when you have characters from the future come back, they're, like, Spider-Man is considered like the best hero because yeah. of like the way he was where like he just doesn't give up and he's always just yeah. going to try to do what's right. And he's kind of just like, I feel like with unlike Captain America where he's just a little bit too connected to the government, Spider-Man's just a normal person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so like, he, he has his power. Yeah. It's just yeah. the main difference. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and, and, and that's one thing why I'm kind of excited to, and we're going to go on a little tangent here. The show's actually running a little bit faster than normal, which I think is good. Um, I thought this show would be about an hour, a little bit over an hour, because um, I know how much we love to talk. But I do want to kind of go on a little tangent for a second and just say what I'm excited about, and we're going to nerd out, nerd out about this for a minute, is I think Spider-Man is going to be the future of one of the key pillars of the future of the MCU, because I think he really is kind of the best parts of a lot of different heroes. And I think that it's a good kind of canvas to, to put the future of, of Marvel on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's also the reason why he's kind of good. They do kind of push him a little bit too much because he's a big character, but also like, 
and a lot of the moral arguments, like especially when in the comics of a war, uh, he's much more of the middle ground because he, he obviously goes to Tony Stark at the beginning, but then he switches sides because he's just yeah. like, you know, it's just one of the things where he sees like both sides are kind of just like Absolutely. they're messing up in some form of way. And so he's kind of like the character that like he he feels he will switch sides when he feels like it's the need. Yeah. But also um I don't know, it's just I, I just feel like he's just a good character to go into because again it's it's again with like all the other picks where it's like there is the the deeper side, but also the the more lighter lighthearted side. Where sometimes Spider Man just like helps, just a random thing where it's like I'll just take a kit, uh, like a kitten in the tree, I'll just help an old lady yeah. with that or something. Just like he he will do stuff like that. And I remember even the old Spider Man two game, you could just help kids with their balloons that are just floating up into the sky. Yeah, and yeah, so it's just like there's just random things he'll do because you know he's a street yeah, level why hero. Not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not fight. Yeah, he's not fighting like other governments or like galactic forces. I think that's why I love Batman as well because he's like he's just kind of like, you know, taking out thugs like in the back alley. He's not trying to take down like uh, an alien or something. You know, I mean, like Sermon does do that, but he's always just yeah, like, that's but not yeah, his main yeah, he's just not his main gig. Well, that's half the half the comedy of the MCU Spider Man is. You know, I feel like what's funny is Spider Man has been in oh god, what like six movies now just in the MCU, like some some yeah. crazy amount. And probably 90% of the time, he's not in New York, you know? It's just kind of funny. It's like, you know, we've only gotten really one, one and a half movies of him really in New York, just kind of doing his thing. So I think that's the biggest thing. People like have a little complaint that they've taken him out of sight of his like normal comfort zone a little bit too much. It's, it, I think it's just a mix of like, they don't want to tread the original. Like they've done it so many times. Yeah, I mean, the, the original trilogy and the Andrew Garfield 2 movies, it's like, oh my gosh, okay, you know? Yeah, so... I know that the, the, yeah, it's just he obviously is going to probably be the main piece. I remember that was the biggest thing that was surprising when they like the contract fell through was because I was like, they were setting him up as like the next Tony yeah. Stark. Of yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it was cool. I mean, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get too far into it because I know that we've been talking about Spider Man for a bit, but like, I think it was kind of cool that like with uh, spoilers for Spider Man Far From Home, I mean, he just breaks down and it's like, I, I can't be Tony Stark. And I love, I get teary eyed at it. Happy's response of being like, Tony couldn't be couldn't be Iron Man half the time. Tony couldn't be Tony Stark half the time. And it's like, I think that's honestly in some ways literal of like RDJ helped build the MCU in a way that even he really didn't know how to do. He just kind of like happened to do it. And I think that Tom Holland's a really, 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 really good pick to kind of keep that going. But it definitely isn't like, it's not going to be the same and it's not going to be, I think, for as long. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think people want the uh, I remember the big thing with uh, what was it uh, homecoming yeah was that people wanted their righteous and like good Spider-Man. I've, I've read the original 60 comics yeah. Peter Parker in the original comics is kind of like an ass because he's just like <laughs> a bitter like bullied kid where he's just like yeah. I wish I could just like lash out but he's like I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, like, he has these thoughts where it's like in like homecoming he's not like a bad person but he has these thoughts and like for sure he won't make sure. mistakes the same way like old comics he would because He's a teenager. Teenagers yeah. aren't like level-headed. Yeah, and teenagers aren't righteous, right? I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, teenagers have a bad morning in high school, and they just are like, "Oh my gosh, I want to punch this kid in the face." But like, you know, no, they're not going to do it most of the time. So I, you know, yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, so you know, you have two picks left. You got album, and you got book, and then I'm going to add in a little third one here that has not been done on the show yet. I'll add that in later, kind of a little surprise for for some of the listeners. But I think I know what you're going to put last. But I want to know what you're yeah. going to put last, or what you want to do next. All right, so what I want to do next is book. 
Okay, that, that's what I thought. Knowing yeah. you, knowing how much of a like massive musical fan you are, I was like, he's got to put the album either first or last. Yeah, the, the music thing will be a little, a little, a little talk. I'll go on. But yeah, for the book, know, that's, I, that's all good. Yeah. The, the book is, uh, I picked something that I've been reading since probably freshman year of high school. Like I read it every year. Yeah. Perks uh, of Being a Wallflower. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Cause that's the thing is I was thinking about movie pick for that one, but I was like, I think the book's better. In my I, so, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. I think so. I'd rather pick the, the book, but this kind of was like a, it's an interesting like kind of piece of media for me where I first watched the movie when I was in seventh grade. And it's, that's when I moved away for a year. If you remember that yeah. North Carolina. And so I kind of just related to the idea, like you're starting school new and then you're kind of like lost in it, but you meet people. And that kind of thing. And I don't know, I feel like even in high school growing up, I was just always, I relate to being like a wallflower. I was just kind of quiet and in the background, just intaking stuff and kind of having my own like thoughts and ideas, but it just, it never felt like I was kind of someone, someone who's like people would want to hear from. Yeah. So I kind of just kept to myself and I was just reading the book. It was just a lot of, it, it was just a lot of relating to it and kind of being like, <laughs> and also realizing from the book, I was like, hey, I might de- be depressed actually because yeah. of the, this character's depressed and I'm like showing a lot of similar signs. I feel like that's like the most untalked about like rite of passage for teens is like reading a book with a character who's depressed and going, wait, do I have depression? Like for me, it was like, uh, it was a Catcher in the Rye, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I feel like that happens to everybody almost. Yeah, I read Catcher in the Rye because of you. I remember I had that book for like yeah. a year because I forgot to give it in because I, I rarely went to the library. Yeah, in yeah. So oh, I brought it in. That's a whole other talk about how I think that it is overrated, but I think that it's it's also overhated for a lot of reasons. But I won't get into all that. I, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting read. I just remember like you at the time you were just like you have to read this. I was yeah. like, I read it. Yeah, I mean, I was um, you know I was so hyped back then back then because it was like my coming of age novel. Um, I think it's still great, but I think that it you know it has flaws, etc. But I think that it's overhyped and overhated. You know. Yeah, I I think Perks of Being a Wallflower is just really good for me because. It's just also like a comfort rate. It kind of just reminds me of, I don't know, just being in high school, kind yeah. of how I was at that point in my life, basically. Because I'm, I'm obviously, I feel like I've, I'm very different just because college just allowed me to open up more. Yeah. But um, I was just like very interested to read about this kid who's just quiet and had, just thinks a lot. And just, I was like, damn, I, I just related a lot to it. Yeah. And also just kind of, I just think it's just really interesting like looking at like what being a teenager is in a more like not very happy way where it's like it's a lot of struggling (laughs) yeah it's a real I don't know I always saw that book as and the movie too but the book especially is kind of like a realist perspective on teenage like life of like yeah there are good moments but it sure ain't all that it's cracked up to be you know yeah I it's just one of those things of like um I remember talking, and I've, I've watched this movie, because I also watch the movie every year, because I read the book and then I watch the film, and um, it's just one of those things of, like, uh, people kind of sometimes don't think that this stuff happens, and I'm like, yeah. it, it kind of does, just because it depends on how your teenage like, life was, and I don't think mine was the best, but, because <laughs> it's like, yeah, when you relate to, like, a, I think, like, a very, de- kind of, like, a book about depression, it's not good that you relate to the main character. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's just one of those things of over time, it's just, it's been like just a good book to go back to. And I usually can just read it in like one or two nights. It's very much like a book I read at night with like yeah. 
there's like a specific playlist from the book I have saved on Spotify that I just oh, go back awesome. to listen to. Dude, that's, that's it's really just, cool. It, yeah, it's just like late 80s, early 90s music. Kind of like, it's like a, a mixtape that he gives to a... Yeah, that's right. Sam, right? Isn't it? Gabriel's name not, Sam? not Sam, but it's like the the stepbrother, the other friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. It's been it's been years since I read the book. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, that's but it's awesome. just basically, Yeah, it's just basically like a... It's a really good playlist. It's also something that kind of got me back in. I, I've we'll, we'll talk more about it with music, but like I, I've realized I'm really interested. In like I'm into like rock music, but like it's also like very specific. Like I like classic rock, and also I've just been to like '80s music a little bit more recently. Yeah, I mean, and all so, rock is is incredible. It's just it's not, it, it, man. It's a whole thing, but like rock is kind of dying because all these radios <laughs> want to play is yeah. like, and I, trust me. I love classic rock. I can rock out to ACDC, Led Zeppelin all day. It, and, and it can be very artsy and very deep if you want to look into it. But all these radios will play when they when it's rock radio. It's like the most cliche, the most, you know, number one hits of these bands. They don't want to play the deeper stuff and like the kind of more complex stuff sometimes. Like, you know, I don't even, I don't think I've ever heard on um, any kind of rock, even alt rock stations, some of the like deeper cuts of Nirvana or of, you know, any of the Smith stuff. Like, that kind of stuff, I think, is stuff you would love. That's like kind of deep, yeah. you know. Yeah, I've actually been listening to this myself. Yeah, because it's, it's it is one of his favorite artists in the book. Yeah, or at least. Um, I think that's also another thing I liked about it was the relation to music being a very important thing in yeah, or at least like life, because it feels like growing up, music has always been a big thing. I guess that can be like we cannot talk about the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want. want to talk about the album? Oh, actually, before yeah. we talk about the album, I want to talk. I want to drop in this um this yeah. one extra one i'm going to readjust my sitting position for a second um so i'm going to add something in uh on these episodes for, for the listeners i was thinking of some kind of fun segments to add to kind of break up the big pieces of media that kind of have these long conversations and for those that don't know me in person which i think everyone listening probably does know me in person i'm kind of a bigger guy i love food uh a little too much but I, i'm curious when i was thinking about it what is the one type of food or the one food dish that you would have on a desert island. I'm going to ask this question for, for future guests as well. Um, maybe I'll have Sam and uh, Callie call in one episode or something and give me theirs. But what is the dish or type of food you would want to have every day if you needed to on the desert island? Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this a bit. Uh, <laughs> the, it, it's just like, I would be like, thankfully, I'm hoping that I get proper nutrition because the thing <laughs> that I'm going to get is not going to yeah, be healthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. The desert will have all the basic <laughs> sustenance. Since like, I can eat some vegetables and like other things that I yeah. obviously need, but um, I, I I think the biggest obvious source would be for me would be just burgers. I'm a very heavy burger person. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, question: so, What is there a specific like fast food place you want it from? A certain homemade, a certain restaurant, or or even just a style, right? Like for me, I'm not a fan of the restaurant kind of Angus, like really really big ones, like tall ones. You know what I mean? I'm more of a fan of the kind of water burger fast food kind of flatter ones you know what i mean so what what, what would you pick this is a big and like i, I kind of want you to try this out when you come see yeah. me uh there's like a a burger place near, uh it's not too far from my apartment but it's like 10 minutes away it's from a restaurant called mr juicy okay and okay. Interesting it's name. And, yeah it's a very interesting but the burgers they obviously are named after that yeah. they're really juicy and um they're just really good and like I don't know what it is about the bread, but it's really nice and soft. And oh like, yeah, um, it's kind of like a brioche. Uh, oh, brioche one, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it's like one of those things where it's like, it's really nice fancy. It's not like anything, people like getting the double, but I'm like, the double's already like too much. Yeah. Uh, I like getting the single. And it's also, it's not that bad. It's at that price comparisons, like where you, you come see yeah, me, it's, yeah. it's only as much as like a water burger burger. So it's okay, like, it's yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's not so like it's like, I'm, I'm used to most, most burger places going around here. Like they're like 11 bucks for a burger Ooh, for some reason, man. but that's just the that's burger painful. itself. That's yeah. Painful. So it's like, for that, it was like, it's a good find. But, um, so that's the kind of burger I'll get them. And it's just yeah. like, just cause it's like, I can just have that. And also they have a wet sauce, which I don't know what specifically what's in it, but it's like, I think it's like bacon grease and like uh, <laughs> onions and like the yeah. other things that are mixed together, but they just put it over it. It's crazy. Like I, yeah. I, it's, it's like my favorite burger, like getting that yeah. place was just like, damn, like this is really good. Man, dude, I already ate dinner and you're making me hungry. <laughs> Man, so, yeah, that's a great that's pick, dude. Favorite. Well, especially yeah. you know, you know, thinking about this in more of kind of a nerdy like, what do I need on a desert island? Beef is going to be something really you're not going to have any kind of major meat supply. If anything, it'll be like wild boar or some chicken, so or some fish. Like so that's yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good pick, man. I mean, that that would be something you, you would probably miss a lot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so that's, that's a great pick. Yeah. So so, so yeah. The, the the big finale here. I'm very excited to see one what you picked to why and the story behind it and everything and that is the desert island pick album so for this one it was very easy it was no question because yeah, i no listen to this album all the time yeah it's um milo things that happen at day uh, and things that happen at night ep so it's like a it's an album but it's, it's technically a double uh, ep yeah but um this one i found the summer right before sophomore year began. So like, it's like 2015, I think. Yeah. So uh, the thing with this album is like, it's one of those things where I can listen to it just for the instrumentals in the background or where I could just listen to it because it talks about things that are very interesting and deeper. Yeah. And um, you know me, I've, I've always talked about Milo as like an yeah. artist. Yeah. Uh, it's just I bring him up all the time because he's very people, quotable. Do you yeah. want to tell people like one, like the genre and like maybe yeah. a little bit about the artist and stuff? So the thing with Miles, Miles is a rapper. Uh, and he is someone who's kind of just like, he's uh, always been into rap music, but he kind of like tackles it at a way that it's more philosophical. Uh, he ventures into like rap music as like a movement rather than just a genre of music but it's like uh, an expression of um i mean uh, for a while he tackled it as an expression of black suffering but then also black freedom and kind of being happy because you know it, it's all started off as like being just he was just a nerdy teenager like 19 years yeah. old and he was making music and uh it just used to be nerdy stuff and then he got to college and he's really into philosophy and this is where like I like this album's from is that period of time where he was in college and studying philosophy. Yeah. Um, and so this one I like a lot because his other albums are very serious and they're more like listening to him is feeling it, it feels a lot more like you're studying like a, a text, like philosophical yeah, text. Yeah. But this one it's a lot more, it's a mix of both. So it's like a little bit nerdy, a little bit philosophical, but also a little bit of fun. Like he has like a a whole song near the end where it's about like an underground rap pizza party. And it talks about like how pretentious everyone is because they're getting like draft yeah. brews and like spending so much money on all the food. And you just have moments like that, but you also have moments where um, he talks, he has like a song that's like almost cut my hair and he goes into the 
the kind of thought of like he letting your grow your hair grow out because it's it's a social statement as like a man, you know, you're so like it's cleaner to cut it off and like yeah. keep it clean. Same thing with having a beard. Um, and he just kind of tackles these things. And he also talks about like Schopenhauer, which is apparently his favorite uh, philosopher. Uh, very sad guy. <laughs> no way. He's very, he, he's a pessimist, like heavy, heavy yeah. pessimist. Uh, I told you he loved uh, Buddhism though, because yeah. he believed that Buddhists were going after the right thing of like getting away from human yeah. wants, like biologically, but going yeah. more into deeper wants. But um, so yeah, he has like songs about like Schopenhauer and these other philosophers like Hegel and um, he's talked about Spinoza. So this album has been interesting because I've been studying philosophy in college. So I go back to it and I'm like, oh, now I understand what he means when he talks, yeah. when he talks about Spinoza and viewing a lens through that kind of thing because Spinoza's thing was like uh, viewing things and not just like your standard way, but like the eye that free will isn't necessary for you to be happy. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of philosophers are like, oh, what is free will and do we have it? And um, I think it's generally agreed upon that we don't have free will because we're, we're too... Uh, pushed by outside forces like no one's just like i'm gonna do this just because i want to do this they do it because yeah. it's like it's the right thing to do or it's like that or yeah. maybe they just like the person so they won't hurt them or they have yeah. other things they're thinking about they're just not thinking about themselves and so you just have all these things that are just deeper but also it's a it's a really nice like kind of more alternative rap album yeah uh, he kind he kind of goes under the the term that like another artist made which is art rap so that's kind of what he considers himself a part of is art rap. So kind of going on with the genres, making like pieces of art rather than pieces of entertainment. Yeah. Um, you're not going uh, into it for like, just for fun. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I've only listened to a, a tiny fraction of him, um, especially compared to you, but like just from the, the handful of songs I've listened to him and some of the stuff I've put on my own playlist. Yeah. I very much get that. It's very much like a, the closest thing I've even listened to that what I would compare him to is like, I would say maybe like, like outcast or, you know, or someone that's a lot more like, this isn't just a commodity that we're making. We're making art. Like we're making something that has a deeper meaning and a deeper kind of commentary. And I think it's, it's, it's awesome. Cause I think that's the thing too, is just like rock. Like I was telling you about rock a few minutes ago. I think as someone who listens to a probably 80% uh, of what you would consider mainstream stuff when it comes to the music I listen to, so much of hip-hop and and rock that is kind of pushed like that is just so kind of basic or like or like very very superficial and doesn't really get into anything above just kind of your standard stuff and so i really enjoy just a little bit i heard of them um, i'll have to give that album a listen man um i'm very curious especially with it being kind of more not as serious a lot more like kind of just fun because like the little stuff i listen to of, of him have been a little bit more serious and i mean i enjoy it immensely but that i'm very curious about as well yeah, so it's a mix of both. It's just um, it just tackles things like um, it tackles like uh, my the first song I listened to by him was uh, folk metaphysics. So it just kind of delves into like uh, wanting to be better and not wanting to just be a deadbeat rapper because it's like you have to like really push yourself to be more than just someone who makes rap music, but also kind of just eventually just goes off in the distance. He wanted to maintain his like fame that he had gotten. Uh, because he didn't really come into the spotlight through just his own like he had been making music for a bit but the one thing that blew him up was he made a song for his friend who had passed away uh so it was like that kind of thing where it's like a mem 
a song he basically made for tribute blew him up to being like a somewhat yeah. famous rapper. And it kind of is like one of those things of just like he struggles with that idea too. And it's just wanted to be more and not wanting to just be someone who's like a waiter eventually yeah. because they can't yeah. make enough money off of their music. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, a great thing, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with it? I mean, we got we got we got time, you know. Well, it's just I, I, know, I just think that um, I just think music's really, really, really good for me as a a form of media, like uh, for art. Like I like all these other things, obviously. Like I, I tell you, there's like specific things, and I do like every single one you picked. Yeah. But I think music's the one that's much more constant yeah like I, I feel like with everything else i have to be in the mood for for music yeah. it's just like i can just put it on well um, yeah I mean, and we've talked about that like individually like everyone kind of has their art right like i mean yeah. for you it's music i would say for me it's probably video games or i don't know maybe movie or yeah probably movies or video games for me yeah. you know music's probably a close third but for you it's for sure music you know it's whatever yeah. that whatever medium speaks to you the most you know yeah and also i think Kind of going into back into it and also because i mentioned schopenhauer i i do think that the most interesting thing uh for me is what i'm picking is not something that i'm like i don't know uh looking like think about good art it's not always just what good art is but it's like what is the experience for me and yeah, i i absolutely. just pulled that in from like like schopenhauer was really into this as i'm going to talk about it because schopenhauer was mentioned in mel's album where it's like he really believed the aesthetic experience is really important and that's when you get lost in the art so uh 100 like i'm gonna i'm gonna mention it because i mentioned it on the other podcast and yeah. now that i think about it i'm gonna make an effort to bring this up in every single episode because yeah. it's dumb and it's stupid but tokyo drift fast and furious tokyo <laughs> drift that movie is in terms of like critical art kind of garbage but aesthetically it's so good and it's just fun you know and it draws you we, in the we world. gotta think about it this way like the Avengers, like Infinity War and Endgame, they're not like, they're not high art. But when you watch them, especially in that experience of like in the theater with everyone around you, that is an ecstatic experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, it's, so it's like, that's why I'm like, I think with these picks, it's like, what is something that I can sit through and I have an experience with? Because um, I don't know, because I, I was like writing through stuff and I, I because of what we we're talking with art, I, I listened to uh, James Baldwin. He uh, is a really important uh, poet. Uh, he was uh, alive during the Civil Rights Movement, and he knew a lot of the big people there. He knew yeah. Martin Luther King, and he knew uh, Malcolm X. And his big thing, because I listened to a whole speech about the struggle, and he's like, all art is, is just like kind of like, you kind of go into it for comfort uh, from the experience of what is being human. You go into the human yeah. condition and experience it. And like, Amber, he like talks about his own experience becoming an artist where it's like, you don't become an artist just because you are kind of born into it in a way where you just kind of feel like there's something missing because art is all about like trying to find out what is it you're missing and kind of yeah. also realizing that people do everything. Like um, Amber, he's very funny. Like The one thing he talks about, which is, it's a little bit adult, but he's like, masturbation everyone like is like oh nobody does it yeah. so it's like if you do it you should be ashamed but then you realize like you actually think, yeah yeah everyone does it and everyone is doing it like yeah. constantly but he's like well then you realize well then you have a responsibility yeah it is it right or wrong you decide that 
other people don't decide that you do and so it's um, this art is all about like kind of exploring that like we are we are all just responsible for ourselves so it's like i don't know it's just like i feel like in the, like a lot of the picks i pick it's all about that like you have the obviously inspiring where it's like what is like the good thing to do when you have powers and that kind of thing yeah no absolutely. like you have like like we the one stitch where it's like um what is like stitch's responsibility because it's like he's obviously supposed to be destructive but like no one's telling him what to do he has to like fight against he's, it himself that, and, yeah it's his choice yeah so then it's like you just see it through all the things and i think with um i think with the music thing it's um milo had like a whole album where he talks about kind of like pulls from this whole entire speech and um I think like there's really interesting he kind of pulls from it in their perspective because like uh james Baldwin kind of i'm gonna quote james Baldwin because i think it's interesting where it's like poets are finally the only people who know the truth about us soldiers don't statesmen don't priests don't union kneelers don't only the poets so he's like kind of coming at it where it's like poets are really i think that's why i like rap where it's like it's a mixture of poetry but also music but like the lyrics themselves are all about going into the human perspective yeah uh, from that and i think a lot of art is just that yeah because he also well, actually, says that we're actually studying this right now one of my like my my senior not senior seminar but basically like like my capstone class for my communications minor and it's about media and it's about how music there's a theory with music and communication studies called the uh the illusion of life um or the yeah. the yeah the illusion of life and it's basically this idea that like music is nothing but trying to orchestrate the illusion of what the actual human experience it is it's not the human experience it's just sounds trying to become tied to your empathy to make you think that's what the human experience is you know and then i think that's I mean, exactly that's, what it is you know i mean that's all what we're trying to do even with yeah. language that's why language is really interesting it's, it's it's not really real but it's just us creating ways to express ourselves yeah absolutely. if you look at a language it's it's, it's not perfect no. yeah <laughs> uh, that's yeah. why it, that's why with logic, you, you don't use words, you use like symbols because it's yeah. like words are not to be trusted because they could have difficult, really yeah. weird meanings. But yeah, it's just, I think coming at this was like a lot of just, it was, you know, fun, but also like, I'm like, well, what is something that like I want to experience yeah. again and again uh, with the artistic well, like, experience? I think it's so. also a good, it's a good thing to do as a person to really see, you know, we live in a world where media is so saturated it's not even funny i mean seriously like we live in a world where at any moment right now with 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 one device in my pocket i can access every movie ever made almost every tv show every album etc so it's like in my opinion it's kind of a good thing to do to really center yourself and go when i look at media and 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 i look at things as art music books films etc what means the most to me you know what i mean i think it's a mixture of what do you want to listen to over and over what do you want to watch over and over and what do you really cherish you know what i mean like if there was a if you change the scenario a little bit right like i'm not going to change it because it's the dip show and it's a lot more yeah. lighthearted. but if i said there was a there was a nuclear war and there was a fallout and you were in a bunker for the rest of your life and you had one movie one book etc does that change what you pick you know what i mean like yeah. like you have one piece of human art left in that piece of me in that category of media left you know i think it says a lot about you about who you are what you value i think yours do as well i think you pointed that out a lot like you know you value a lot about that, that, that kind of human dilemma of making decisions yourself. Yeah. What's wrong? What's right? What's the, what's the best decision? You know, I have that free will or I don't have that free will. I, I think that just relates to me growing up because it was all, uh, that's something I kind of fell into growing up, which is like realizing like, 
I used to be religious growing up, but then I, I had a certain point where I was like, I don't believe in it. But also when you fall into that, well, then it's like, well, how do you then exist in that kind of paradigm where it's like, yeah, yeah. there is no, because uh, this is not the call, because I study religion. I, I'm not calling out like, because uh, I remember Callie, I think she was really yeah. into like higher beings and religion. And I'm like, that's fine. And that works for you. But for me, it's like, it's just something I can't believe in. And, yeah, but also no, when it's like, that, yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of those things of like, how do you exist in that? And I, I like the struggle where it's like, because it's like, even without like that, we we naturally want to fit into something where like, we're not solely responsible for like, what's happening. But like, when you're like, again, with like the Spider-Man, it's like, when you have that power, like, then you are responsible in a way, because if you don't do something, then you're in a way doing morally wrong things, because you could be helping others, yeah, but you're exactly. choosing not to, it's the option right. of choosing or not choosing to. And so it's just one of those things. I think, like looking back, it's very interesting. Where it's like that—that that is the the big picture. And all my picks was yeah. like I like that kind of art, but I do like art that I relate to. So I guess that is like um, it doesn't have that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's dude. That's a phenomenal pick. Um, I think it's a good place to kind of stop. Um, yeah. One thing I want to ask is any final thoughts? Any final thoughts on any of them? On the whole experience, you know? I think. Uh, I think it'll be interesting this entire uh, podcast because you're not going to have people like me where I just put a lot of thought into this because I'm like, I want to make sure this is all right. But it's like, you're going to have people who are just like, I just like watching this movie because it's fun. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Or like, I like listening to this album because it is fun. Like, um, I remember, uh, I think it was Sam who was like, I like, I wanted this album because it would be a fun album to have. Like, because it's, you're, you're Dude, on the desert. Absolutely, album. yeah. And all of it's great. That's the best part about this game is, is um there's actually there's a college humor youtube skit and man i miss college humor they don't do a whole lot anymore because of lots of reasons but their youtube had a skit about a few years back that was the annoying friend that gets too competitive at games and he starts to try to win games that aren't even like competitive and one of them is the uh desert island picks game and the album he picks is a vinyl that has radio frequencies for u.s uh military ships <laughs> plays a certain track on it that then attracts the u.s like navy and it's like what so for I me mean, if you know there, there's it, there's no right or wrong answer you, you know for me i would probably do maybe half and half some of my picks would be kind of deeper thought some of mine would maybe just be kind of on a whim like i love that movie or i love that book i think that's the cool part is it can be anything you know and it's all about like um I mean, we talked about this with like uh, art philosophy it's the the art doesn't have meaning just because the artists themselves make something. Also, things that don't have meaning themselves, you can give them meaning and they have meaning. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. we talk about nature. Like, you can have an ecstatic experience of nature, but I mean, it depends whether you're religious or not, because if you're religious, then put it, it's like created by a creator. Yeah. If not, then it's just things that just exist and are, yeah. are there because of random uh, happenstance. You know, yeah. it's just that kind of thing. But yeah, it's just because I know we've talked about like some of the you think some of the guests aren't going to be so serious, and that's you know, it's going to be excited interesting for part. it. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for the kind of the up and down of the show. And I don't mean that in terms of quality, I just mean in terms of the flow. Like, you know, for the listeners, there's going to be some episodes like Julian where we're going to go pretty heavy and, and in deep on some stuff, and there's going to be some where we just have a grand old time and just kind of goofball our way through it. And I'm excited, I, I think that's what makes the show different. Is it, you know, I have some podcasts I listen to that are very heavy kind of political, you know, news shows that get into some very like, like, I remember there was one episode of this show that I listened to that's about geopolitics. And the title of the episode was literally just, will China invade Taiwan? And it's like, that is so dark and just kind of a lot to take in. 
And I listen to other shows that are kind of just super goofy. Like I listen to this show called the Gus and Eddie podcast, two of my favorite YouTubers, Gus Johnson and Eddie Burbeck. And that show is just two best friends goofing around the whole time. This I think can be a cool balance between the two, depending on the guests I have, you know? So for you, I was super excited to have you on as my second guest. I think you're, you're one of the best people to kind of start the flow of the show with to show how kind of introspective that I think we can get. Um, one thing I want to do uh, before we go, I want to, uh, I want to thank listeners as well for sticking around. Uh, this one will probably be a little bit over an hour as well. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I'm going to target anywhere from about an hour to two hours, depending once we have two guests, it'll be right around two hours or so. I think with one guest, um, as we get more tightened up on the format of the show, it'll probably get closer to about an hour. Just depends. Um, I'm also hoping, I don't think I'll be able to do it for this episode just yet, but in the next few, I'm going to add some timestamps as well. So let's say you want to listen to the episode, but you don't have a lot of time, or you kind of want to skip ahead to a certain piece of media, you can go ahead and skip to those. Um, And I'm not sure if I'm going to reveal those in the timestamps or just say the book pick, the album pick, the movie pick, et cetera. Um, But, you know, keep an eye out for that. Um, I do want to say that, um, Julian, do you want to say where, where you can be found? If, if you want to, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. I think I use just mainly Instagram, so it would just it would just be Julian underscore nineteen, all lowercase. Just simple as that. There we go. There we go. Thank yeah. you, Julian. I'm I'm seriously, man. I mean, you know, you and me are best friends. It's not like it was a big favor to ask, you, but seriously, <laughs> yeah. it was super cool to have you on, man. Um, I think you were a perfect guest for it. I feel bad for listeners. I noticed about halfway through the show, my chair is extremely squeaky. So if you hear that, I do apologize. <laughs> I'm not used to filming in the uh, in, in my in this uh, kind of desk space, so hopefully in the future it'll be a little bit different. But you know, thank you, Julian. Um, keep an keep an ear out, listeners. Uh, we are actually, you know, I already I mentioned it once. I'll mention it one more time. We are in pre-production for a really cool show coming up. It'll be a month or so, maybe even more, depending on school schedule, that we really get it going. But if you're into video games, if you're into especially video game series, like if you play a lot of a one a certain series, I think you're gonna like it a lot. Um, those are going to be completely off the cuff, crazy long shows. Um, but, you know, keep an ear out for that. So, yeah, this, yeah. this first one, yeah, probably going to be three to four hours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, because, you know, to kind of give you guys a hint at it, like we picked these, the two video game series we wanted to start to talk about. Julian picked Assassin's Creed. He was actually playing it before I even pitched him the show. In fact, the reason I kind of pitched it was because he mentioned the show. And then I was like, I want to do Halo. I grew up with Halo, and I think the series has a lot of interesting ups and downs. So I've been playing the Halos and taking vigorous notes, and it's been a lot of fun and kind of an interesting way to look at them. But that show is so far away. So, you know, keep an ear, ear out for that. But um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this episode's hopefully going to go up this Friday of this week, and we're going to hopefully kind of have a somewhat stable schedule going forward. Um, episode three, I've got two guys lined up that I really want to have as guests on. I'm waiting to hear back on schedules with them, but hopefully I can announce that soon. Um, remember, we are available on Spotify as well as Google Podcasts now, Breaker, Anchor, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Apple should be here by the end of the week. This episode may be up and Apple may have already been up and I would have already announced it. But if I haven't announced it by the time this goes up, I will announce it as soon as I know. Um, so yeah, thank you guys again. Um, remember, um, you know, I appreciate any and all feedback, any and all kind of comments, criticisms. So please let me know. Uh, you know, I've been your host, Thomas Martin. You can find me on Instagram at Thomas in photos. That is at Thomas in photos. Please let me know what you thought of the show. Hope to see you guys next time. This has been the dip show, the desert Island pick show, and I will see you guys next time.